Hello, and welcome to the Senior One Care Conversations podcast, where communication leads to knowledge, and knowledge allows an opportunity to be our best self. I am your host, Kyle Bossing, and I am the president and co-founder of Senior One Care. Thank you for joining our show today. Well, we're in the middle of a leadership series with Carl Bossing, and in the first episode of our three-part series, he began to walk us through a list of the top six leadership attributes he created shortly after his retirement from the accounting firm Crow. And during our first discussion, Carl and I spent some time going through the first two attributes on his list, and today, in part two of the series, we will go through attributes three and four to see where they stack up. And first, I would like to welcome my father, Carl Bossing, back to the program. Hello, Carl. It's great to be talking with you once again. Well, thank you, Kyle. Same here. I look forward to uh, the discussion today. Now, to set the table up for our discussion today, how about you provide our listeners with just a brief recap of our conversation during our last episode? Okay, fine. You know, this uh, list of these attributes all started uh, as a result of my work at Crow, where I managed a large group, and we had developed a leadership development program uh, for emerging leaders there because we had we were growing quickly and we had a, a great need for uh, leadership. So we developed a two-year program, and in the course of that, I had the opportunity to nominate about three people a year to go through this program, which uh, really comprised two years of, of activity for these future leaders. I would pick people for the program, and many times people, other partners and other people in the firm would ask me, well, why did we pick that person? Because most of the people I put through had a lot of success in their development. And I would always answer, I said, I don't really know. And it wasn't until you and I started Senior One Care that I sat down and I really thought, what were those attributes that I was looking for when I was selecting those potential leaders? And I developed uh, a listing of six items that I thought were really important. And in the last podcast, we talked about the first two attributes. And those being, number one, integrity. That means doing the right things so that others will want to follow you and emulate you. That's the foundation. If you don't have integrity, you're never going to be a good leader. And the second one we talked about was the the issue of continuous improvement. And that is associated with promoting change and improvement, innovation for the organization's benefit and competitive advantage, but also uh, I was looking for people who aspired for personal improvement. So they were going to be more effective in what they could do to benefit the organization. So those really are the the first two that we talked about. And today uh, we're going to talk about a couple more. Well, great. That's a perfect segue. So how about we start our conversation? And as you'd mentioned, there's two additional attributes that we are going to be discussing today. So without further ado, how about we dive right into leadership attribute number three? Would you like to walk us through that, Carl? Yes, be glad to. And uh, this is a a very, very important one. Uh, And it really separates managers, I think, from leaders. And the attribute is strategic vision. 
And I think that people many times confuse management from leadership. And I've really thought about managers as people really that they're setting out to try to achieve you know, organizational goals of an organization really through implementing procedures and budgets and staffing and processes, uh, reporting systems and so forth. Whereas leaders, uh, they're more intent on thinking ahead and trying to capitalize on the opportunities that are out there, that they see out there in order to generate competitive advantage and to achieve sustainability uh, long-term, you know, for the, for the company. So as a result, I've really defined the issue of a strategic vision as being a, a person who's really an avid learner who can sort through a lot of ambiguity that's out there today, and they can sort through it with confidence in order to visualize a, a picture of the future that uh, really promotes positive change for the organization. And that vision has to be practical and doable. It can't be just pie in the sky. Uh, so they have to be able to not only visualize what that opportunity might be, but they also have to consider that we can implement it. We can make it happen. So that's kind of how I defined it. And again, it's a lot different than just managing uh, a, a part of an organization or managing a company. It's really setting the stage as to what should we be doing in the future in order, again, to uh, attain competitive advantage and sustainability. Yeah, and you talk about that visualization aspect, and I'm sure some of our listeners may be telling themselves, well, I can't think that way, or I have difficulty envisioning what my day looks like tomorrow, let alone the future or how it relates to the business. So for those individuals, I guess, what advice would you give them who, who may find this to be a bit overwhelming? You know, it's a good question. Uh, I, I've always referred to it as connecting the dots. And what I mean by that is there's lots of opportunity we have every day to learn and listen and read about things that are happening in our particular line of business or things that are happening in the world. And how can you connect different things that are going on in your day-to-day -day life in order to envision something that would be beneficial for the organization uh, in the future. So it involves really listening to other people, uh, reading. Uh, you know, I read the Wall Street Journal every day, <laughs> pick up information about what's going on in the world, what's going on in business, what's going on with technology. Uh, I might listen to a documentary. You know, on TV, I might read about industry developments and some industry-related activities and trying to find, uh, you know, social trends that are happening. And it's through all of those that you pick up a piece of information here and you pick up a piece of information there and you connect these dots and say, hey, uh, there's an opportunity. And actually, I had it happen to me last night. Uh, we had a meeting with our, uh, a social gathering with our condominium guests or, or people who are here 
staying in this in this condo. And it's interesting, these are people in probably ages 50 to 80. And in listening to them, what you find is that number one, they got a, a, a great desire to learn. Uh, they have a desire to stay very active. They talk about how much they're walking a day or running a day or what, what they're doing relative to physical activity. They're interested in the future. They're interested in what we do because they understand that as they age, they may need home care or they may, they may be now dealing with issues connected with you know, their own parents. And the other thing is they desire socialization. Uh, one woman said, gee, I wish we should do this more often. So just once a month, we'll be doing this more often. And so I was also reading an article last week, you know, about the shortage of caregivers. And, you know, it occurred to me, you know, you know maybe we at Senior One Care, as an example, could take what I learned from those people, uh, what I learned in some reading about the shortage of caregivers coming up, because I think that's really going to be an issue. And maybe we could create something almost like a club whereby we could offer membership where we could educate, meet periodically, uh, educate about health issues, about current advanced technology, about financial security, which they're all interested in, maybe train them through our own CNA school to, to be better caregivers for their parents, uh, allow for periodic meetings of socialization, as an example, that they're interested in, in doing, and promote physical activity. We could have classes and uh, yoga, whatever it might be. So there might be an opportunity, as an example, for senior one care, just by listening and reading about what seniors want and desire. And maybe we could guarantee them if they join our club, we could guarantee them long-term care if and when they ever, if and when they ever need it. So it's connecting those dots uh, of, of listening, of reading, of understanding the needs and saying, hey, is there an opportunity for the organization? No, and that's a that's a great example. And you're right. I think a lot of these situations are are right in front of us on a on a daily basis. And and sometimes we don't even realize that there's a way that we can connect the dots and you know either try to improve a process or or try to improve a, an area of our specific business, like like you're mentioning. So I, I think the the opportunities are there, but 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 finding them, I guess, is is the key to to what you're what you're explaining. And I think there's a timing issue too, right? You have, um, you know, someone that might be starting out in leadership, or even if they've been there for a, a matter of time, you know, how much time per week uh, should someone spend on strategic vision? Like, is it is it that easy where we can simply block off? strategic vision in our calendar on our smartphone or in our computer and say, all right, from nine o'clock in the morning until 11 o'clock here on Mondays, I'm going to, I'm going to have a, you know, strategic vision uh, type of uh, moment in my schedule. So I guess, w- what does that look like? Is it, is it as simple as that or is it deeper? Uh, I think it's deeper. Uh, I mean, you can do that, but I think you're going to miss a lot and miss opportunities. It's almost that a person has to have a passion to be thinking about this all the time. I mean, it doesn't have to consume 
your day and your your work life and your ability to get things accomplished but you always have to be looking for opportunity and it gets back to the the continuous improvement a topic that we talked about the last time that you're you're trying to promote think about meaningful change and innovation for the organization's competitive advantage and for your own personal improvement so you can't just turn you know flip a switch and think okay i'm going to think about it today or i'm going to think about it now and i'll make it happen you have to be thinking about it all the time now what about some examples now we we, we've talked about your uh, career at crow and you had a a long and successful uh, career there i i gotta imagine there's some examples about some type of ambitious strategic vision that that maybe played out in your career there do do you have any examples of 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 how strategic vision really kind of played a role in in some of your experiences at crow well there were a lot of them uh when i started crow back in 1966 crow had less than half a million dollars of revenue today they're over a billion dollars so there's tremendous amount of growth and I remember, uh, I think it was in the early, it had to be in the early 90s. Crow was started in 1942. So we had a 50th anniversary and we had reached $150 million of revenue. And I was chairing the strategic planning, we call it the visioning committee. And our CEO said, you know, Carl, hey, I would like for you and your committee to develop a three-year plan uh it took us 50 years to get to 150 million uh have a three-year plan in terms of where we'll be three years from now and we'll present it at our annual partners meeting so we got the group together we spent considerable time on this and we came up with a goal that we took us 50 years to get to 150 million let's double that in the next three years to be at 300 million and we took that to the partners and we had ways in which we were going to do it. It wasn't just pie in the sky, as I said. Uh, we had, as an example, we said that everything we're doing today, uh, which was primarily manual, we're going to do it. We're going to automate the process. We're going to automate the audit process. Everything's going to be done on the computer. And we're going to do it in 10% of the time we're doing it today. So we had a, had a, a series of things that we had to had to do in order to reach that $300 million goal in three years. And the interesting thing is we didn't meet the goal, but we did end up at 285 million. So we went from 150 to 285 million in three years, and it took us 50 years to get to 150 million. And it, it basically was a focus that we had that we're not gonna waste time on anything else other than reaching that goal. So uh, I think you can really, you know, if, if we do this visioning and individuals focus on it, it can really show fantastic results for the organization. No, that's a, and, and what a great, great example to, to kind of highlight the importance of it. And, and as you indicated, you know, the funny thing is, is you, you set that big, ambitious strategic vision and you didn't even hit it, but yet you still had. A, a tremendous amount of success during the process, but it, it seems like it's just such a, a critical component to to leadership in general, and in, in having that that aspect. And I'd love to 
spend a lot more time and, and ask you a lot more questions on this, but we do have to keep keep moving on. And so let's move on to our our next attribute. And as you and I discussed, uh, the next one on the list is actually communication. And so will you do us the honor, Carl, and, and kind of walk us through how communication became a number on your list of attributes? Well, you know, I think if uh, you're going to be a leader and you're going to focus on continuous improvement, you're going to focus on uh, visioning, you got to be able to communicate the vision. And you got to do it in a persuasive and inspiring way uh, so that others are going to want to follow you. And so there's a lot of attributes connected with uh, communication. How do you how do you go about it? I think it's both written communication as well as verbal communication. I think to do it effectively, you have to have a passion for listening and not just talking, but be a really good listener and seek to understand the needs of the audience that you're communicating to. Where are they? And uh, I think also be comfortable in all different kinds of social settings, regardless of who you're talking to, you're able to communicate the message uh, and convey uh, to, the, to the person in a way in which that person will want to follow you as a leader. Well, and as you look at it, you know, there's, there's so many different components to communication. And, you know, we could, quite frankly, have a, an entire episode, I think, just focused on the different aspects of it. But if you just kind of strip everything down, you know, what what are just some of the, the greatest challenges, I guess, um, associated with, with good communication, like that you've experienced or you've seen throughout your career? Like, what are some of those challenges? Well, as I said, I, I think part of the, the issue or challenge would be people want to talk more than they want to listen. So you really have to be a good listener, first and foremost, uh, to be a good uh, communicator, which then, you know, leads into understanding uh, your audience. You have to put yourself in a position of the person that you're communicating to or the group that you're communicating to. So if I'm communicating to the CEO of another company, I want to put myself at that level, okay? And if I'm communicating to a person that is maybe just starting in the organization, I want to put my myself at that particular level in order to communicate effectively. And I think many times people, particularly in senior management and leadership roles, uh, have an ego and they don't they don't bring themselves down to the level of the person you're trying to talk to. Wow. Now that's, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and I'm sure, you know, you've heard this, this statement before, just like I have, but the, the old adage of it's not what you say, but how you say it. So, you know, how important along these lines of communication is, you know, body language and, and your tone and so forth when, when communicating a message, is that just as important as the message itself? Uh, yes, very important. And, you know, I think that's another problem with communication today uh, in that, you know, there's so much that people want to do through text messages and email. 
And you, you know, I, I always advise people, hey, if you have something that's important, you don't do it in a text or an email because you can't see the body language of the person. You can't read the person in terms of whether or not your communication is being effective. I think it's interesting. Uh, there's more and more being done today regarding video where you can see some of that body language, at least on uh, on a, a one-way basis. So I think that uh, is something that uh, is probably going to be video, video texting and video messaging, probably e- emails done by video is probably going to be a thing of the, of the future, more so than just a standard text or email. But I think it's very important in terms of to be an effective communicator, to be able to uh, read body language of the people that you're communicating to, as well as uh, those people being able to read you. And that's why I feel that, you know, communication is such an important attribute. And I'm, I'm happy we had a chance to discuss it here today. But, you know, I think you and I have, have, have said numerous times that you can, you can never have too much communication, right? I mean, it, even if you think you're communicating effectively, there's there's always something that you can do that that can make it better. It kind of gets into the uh, continuous improvement uh, side that that you talked about during our last episode, and I, I just think it's really interesting too when you you just kind of assess um, businesses and and the employees of those businesses. That I think a lot of us think that we're really good communicators, and you know there there could be. There, there could be some cases where, you know, that, that actually is true, but I just think there's so many different components. And as you said, you know, body language is so important and your tone and the inflection in your voice. And, you know, it's, it's, it's so even if you think that you're, you're a really, really good communicator, I guess I would ask those people to say, okay, well, what about your body language? Right? Like how, right. how did the other party receive your message? Do you have your arms crossed? Are you kind of closed off? Do you have a stern look on your face? Um, And then as you mentioned, I mean, now we even have so many different formats and platforms that we use to communicate, which, you know, quite honestly, I think complicates this, this topic even more. And, you know, so you think that someone can misinterpret, misinterpret a message that you have with an individual in a face-to-face conversation. Well, well, how about through a text message? How about you know an email, uh, even a voicemail, or a comment that someone might make on a social platform? It, it's to me, it's it's so fascinating how much goes into effective communication. But again, I think the fun part is is that it is it's a journey, and I think we all can get better. Uh, as long as we're focusing on on taking steps to try to get better. And, and a lot of that probably gets down to self-awareness, is having that self-awareness that, okay, well, maybe my tone is coming across a certain way. How can I look at fixing that? Or maybe I need to be a better listener. I, I know, quite frankly, uh, truth be told, I'm letting all of the, the podcast world know this. I need to work on my listening, I think, um, in, in my communication in general. So there's a lot I know I'm trying to work on. But it's a process, right? It's a it's a lifelong journey, and it's 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 not like it's gonna it's gonna be um, something that you're 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 finalized with, and and then you can kind of move on. You're always gonna have to work on it, and I'm sure you've had that too over your career. I'm, I'm guessing when you started your career in Crow, from when you ended your career, 
you probably were markedly different and better with the communication just from all those experiences. Would that be correct? Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and Kyle, I think it really gets back to summarizing what we've talked in all four of these, the first four of these six attributes. And, you know, it's, we, we said the basis to start with this integrity. If you don't have the integrity, you're, you know, you're not going to be a good leader. But that continuous improvement, which is what you're referring to now, is that, that focus. I want to continue to improve myself and my organization all the time. And I can do that in terms of being a, a better strategic thinker. And I can do it by improving my communication. So it gets that, that continuous improvement is a, is, a, is a key element in terms of, of leadership and leadership development individuals. And everybody can do it. As we said the last time, you know, leaders are not born, they're made. Well, and I'd love to continue this this discussion, but unfortunately, timing is an issue. And, and so we have reached the conclusion of another episode of Senior One Care Conversations. And this has been uh, very enlightening and educational. And personally for me, it's, it's just a great reminder that I have a lot of work to do in my leadership journey. But it's fun to talk through these components of leadership and, and, and work hard to really apply these attributes to our everyday lives to get better and better in our leadership. And so, Carl, I, I thank you again for, for joining us. And in our next episode, which will be the last in our three-part series with Carl, we will go through the final two leadership attributes which he created. So you will not want to miss out on the final episode in our leadership series. And if you have an idea for an upcoming podcast, please feel free to reach out to me at kbossung at senioronecare.com. That's the numeral one. And I would be happy to uh, look at a different topic to go through for an upcoming episode. So once again, thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you enjoyed our discussion, and I look forward to having a conversation with you all again real soon. Bye now. <laughs>